Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Columbus in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Columbus is a 2017 film. It isn't really in theaters, like, at all. It has been released quietly. Uh, The only theater in my area that was showing it is a single-screen theater that, you know, things. the only other thing I'd seen there before was uh, I Am Not Your Negro, from which I saw back in, I think, February. So definitely a niche theater that doesn't show much of the big stuff and uh, focuses on smaller things like Columbus, which I had only heard about from uh, my grandfather who had, I think, read about it in like the New York Times or the New Yorker or something like that. And he was very excited to see it. It takes place not in Columbus, Ohio, but in Columbus, Indiana, which is known as sort of a an architectural mecca which they even refer to it as that in the movie and the just the the buildings there and the the architecture and design and look and feel of that city is very unique it isn't congruent you know there are clashing ideas and and styles played against each other and what what had happened was, uh, I think, the city itself told people that if they used particular architects to design and create their houses and buildings, that the city would supplement that fee and pay for the design and, and, and whatnot. So what ultimately ends up happening is you have all of these buildings that just look magnificent, and really stick out and are fascinating. And the movie itself depicts that in a very impressively. It shows off all these different buildings, all these different styles, and what's more, it utilizes them in an interesting and fascinating way to tell its story. And I'm sure I didn't quite catch every reference, every idea, every uh, in, intent behind that. I, I can't possibly, you know, I'm one, not very knowledgeable about architecture, uh, but two, I'm even less knowledgeable about, like, basic architecture. So, not like, obviously, I, I don't know these people by name. I don't, you know, I wouldn't recognize their buildings in passing. I couldn't connect a style to a a person but like I can I barely can tell you like looking at a normal building like anything about it and and why it is the way it is you know I see walls I can determine like what it's made out of usually but beyond that like I can I'm just there admiring what it looks like you know I'm very ignorant to that sort of thing so I'm sure there are a lot of elements of that that washed over me. Uh, On the other hand, the movie is very personal. 
it's it's very uh, it's very uh, centered and focused on two characters uh, played by uh, John Cho, who is half of Harold and Kumar, and Haley Lou Richardson, uh, who was previously in Split earlier this year, as well as The Edge of Seventeen last year, and who I think was, I mean, pretty pretty minor in Split, but very much. I really enjoyed her performance and, and her in The Edge of Seventeen. And so she and John Cho are essentially the main characters in this movie. And they're, I mean, he's like almost twice her age, but that's not really what the movie's doing. It's, it's, it plays this wonderful uh, parallel between these two characters. So the movie starts out with John Cho arriving in Columbus because his father is like an architect professor and has just uh, been hospitalized. And so John Cho arrives. Uh, he is an English to Korean translator for like novels and stuff. And he has, you know, he's there to look after his father, make sure everything's okay. Uh, he's greeted by I never was sure what the relationship between him and Parker Posey was. It seemed to be old friends kind of a situation, but there's hints that it might have been different than that. Uh, but he and her are there to make sure that his father is okay. On the other hand, uh, Haley Lou Richardson's character is essentially an architecture nerd. She was looking forward to uh, a talk that John Cho's father was going to give and is interested in just learning more and understanding the architecture. She loves the city. She doesn't want to really leave the city. And despite the fact that she's been courted by various schools and colleges, she has decided to stay for the sake of her mother, who is uh, not, you know, she's not like hurt or anything like that, but she has struggled and in her adult life to to take care of herself and so Haley Richardson has a job she you know is is helping to take care of her mother and hope that her mother can be okay and, and you know she doesn't think her mother can really make it work without her and so at the core of this you have these two people with various like varying issues that that relate to their parents and what ultimately ends up happening is at one point early in the movie the two characters uh, meet um, share a cigarette and uh, Haley Lou Richardson starts to just kind of talk to John Cho about his father and about architecture and sort of they end up throughout the movie going to various buildings and she's kind of explaining the architecture he's generally not very interested but can can understand the appeal and is far more interested in why she cares about these things than why they should be cared about in general and then in the meantime you see the characters separate from each other as John Cho continues to go through the motions of taking care of his father Haley Lou Richardson is just trying to keep her and her mother's heads above water and when they come back to meet each other for scenes together, it's it's 
it's just the chemistry between them is perfect and we get to this f feeling where they're each sort of helping each other and despite the tensions that kind of arise based on you know Chancho really doesn't want to be here he doesn't want his father like he doesn't want to spend the time with his father like he's not sitting in the hospital all day just looking at him he's out and about he's exploring the city he you know he he confesses that like this isn't you know he doesn't really care the way that a person generally cares in a situation like this and you know this is really this really affects Haley Lou Richardson's character uh, Cass, uh, Cassandra Cassie um, Casey and uh, John Cho is Jin and so like this like causes a minor rift between the two but on the other hand you know Jin can't really understand why Casey wants to stay in Columbus because from you know as he learns more and more about her he discovers just how intelligent and and you know well-spoken and interested she is in all these other things that are happening outside of Columbus outside of her world and she's not only capable of reaching out further and uh, enjoying different facets of life but she has been uh, you know actively asked and uh, invited to join those things and he can't really understand why she would choose to stay you know when she has all these opportunities at, at her fingertips and so you know she you know like that is another kind of small rift and you know at one point he even tells her he's like look i'm not lecturing you but it just i don't understand it and the two of them form this really special and and nice bond between them which blossoms over the course of the film and it has its issues along the way as all of them do but by the end of the movie they have been profoundly impacted by each other and you know their lives altered for good and and in a very meaningful way and what i love about this movie it's very slow <laughs> it moves very slow it has almost a you know the scenes between jin and casey are basically what before sunset and before sunrise and before midnight do and it's just these two characters they're walking around engaging with their environment but it's just these two characters and then outside of those scenes it fleshes out these characters and what's going on behind the surface and what is leading them to the conversations that they're having with each other and the film does a fantastic job of creating these two authentic people and you know really showing us that they're both flawed they both have aspirations they're both good at things they both enjoy different aspects of the world and each other they 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 struggle they succeed and it's it's truly for me inspiring like seeing them like this and and you know just having the capacity for this type of a bond with you know probably someone you generally don't interact with you know like uh john cho being about twice uh Haley richardson's age you know those aren't not that like people of those ages can't interact can't be friends they sure can and 
yet they generally aren't don't you know like it's it's not an issue between for either of them but it's it's sort of a there's like that social stigma about it you know and if they do interact it's you know it's not in the way that they're interacting in this movie and yet the whole time I'm watching it at never at no point until probably after the movie I think was I ever thinking you know like this is weird like I don't like this is strange no their chemistry is perfect their performances are nuanced and subtle but but also just so brilliant and the the writing and the dialogue between the two of them is fantastic it's it's just you you fall in love with these characters and you can't help yourself from caring about them and caring about their friendship and caring about the relationship they have with their parents and so on and so forth it's it's truly like really special and it's a movie that i i thought i would like i i definitely went in expecting to come out feeling positive about this movie and yet I wasn't really I, I didn't exactly think I would feel over so overwhelmingly positive about this movie uh, it's 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 a film that it holds a lot back you know we get most of our information from the dialogue between these two characters and the uh, relationships they have with the one or two other characters outside of the two main ones and at no point you know we're not spoon-fed information they hide a lot of things and and keep a lot of stuff hidden from us that we are revealed that's kind of mostly just inferred and we it takes you know it takes active watching and an understanding of who they are and what they're doing to really get to the heart of this story and yet at the same time it's just like they're just normal people they're just real people that happen to have a camera focused on them and you know it's like it's like like literally taking two people from real life and cutting out the parts that aren't part of this story and then presenting it as a movie and it's just it just it's that authentic feeling of these real people and I think that's just such a credit to Cho and Richardson for their performances I think they they've done an incredible job in this movie so yeah I I love this movie I it's one of my favorites this year and uh, as one of my favorites this year it has definitely impacted the Circle of Film Awards in a big big way and so to just kind of go into that for a second it takes out, it finally knocks uh, John Wick Chapter 2 out of the Best Picture category and takes a slot in that. Uh, John Cho enters the Male Lead uh, Performance category, knocking out, not sure if, hmm, I'm not sure which who, who he knocked out, but, oh, I think it was, um, Oh, uh, what's it? Jeremy Renner from Wind River, I think. Uh, Haley Richardson enters female lead. Uh, 
knocking out ooh, female lead probably I think she was already out of it I'm not sure who she knocked out she knocked out somebody maybe uh, Gal Gadot I don't know something I don't know she knocked somebody out she's in female lead and then it also has screenplay it's just it's so well written and that knocked out something as well I, I can't remember too many things to keep track of and so yeah so it has four nominations right now and uh, so it puts it on par with uh, other movies from this year called uh, a ghost story mother and Logan, which all have four nominations. Dunkirk and The Big Sick both have five. Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes has six. And Blade Runner 2049 has seven. It's, uh, it's a very top-heavy year right now. Um, which is interesting. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they're still, you know, it's still, what... October, mid-October, and there are a lot of movies out there I haven't seen yet that people are putting on their Oscar predictions and end-of-year best lists, The Shape of Water, um, and, as well as, you know, Three Billboards, and uh, a whole host of other things that have just been taking over the award circuit. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see those. You know, Florida Project finally comes out near us, near me this year near me this weekend, rather, and uh, a lot of hype over that movie, and I'm really excited to see it. So that's pretty much it. There, I mean, I could go into spoilers for, for Columbus, but they're really, I don't know, it's, there's not, it's not the kind of movie where I, I've done a good, I think, I feel like I've done a good job of avoiding talking about sort of big reveals, big moments in this movie, and, you know, the, 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 the draw for this movie is just the interactions between Richardson and Cho, like, that's what you go to see this movie for, that, and, like, the, the relationship they have with the architecture, and their relationship with their parents, because that's at the core of the movie, that it's, it's this parent-child relationships that the two have, that are, at once different and at other times identical and just the way that these two characters explore those relationships with their parents as well as talk about those relationships with each other uh, so I don't really think I can I could spoil it but I'm gonna leave a lot more to you know let left alone and just say that you should see it. Uh, I don't know when or if, if and when it comes out on, you know, streaming or, or DVD or anything like that. If it's available near you at a theater, uh, good luck finding it. But if you can, certainly I would say it is highly recommended by me. So take that for what you will. And now that that is done, Let's just move over into a brief update to the Fantasy Movie League for the Cinerealists League. We sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights. A technicolor world made out of music and machine. I mean, how 
Last week, we saw Jackie Chan walk away with Best Performer pretty handily. It was not close. What was ended up being close was the filler option between Kingsman and uh, American Made. We had a lot of people play the Foreigner in our league, uh, 10 of them, in fact, and seven of them were biting their nails over who was going to take Best Performer, or who was going to take who's going to have more money, American Made Kingsman, over the weekend. And it started out with American Made with a pretty sizable difference on Saturday, but by Sunday that gap closed uh, immensely. And so a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of sweating uh, that ultimately amounted to not because American Made edged out Kingsman by about $200,000 and uh, the Perfect Cineplex ended up being six screens of The Foreigner and two screens of American Made. So uh, Perfect Cineplexes went to yours truly, as well as Zach, Rahman, Director's Cut, and Rybone. Uh, so five people had a Perfect Cineplex this, this week. Uh, people who just missed out are Perksplex and Keel Music, who are two of the top-ranked people, uh, which was very nice for those of us who did hit Perfect Cineplex, as we were able to close the gap just a little bit on those guys <clears throat> but you know everybody kind of pulled in some best performers and uh, Xanadu leads the way in that category with 13 now uh, while Perksplex has moved up to 12 and Zach has also moved up to 12 uh, so they're right behind him in second place uh, both of them eyeing up Rybone's 38 from this past summer as the single season record, while Keel Music's 126 is the overall record. Um, as far as perfect cineplexes, this was the 12th one for Rybone, who is now alone in the lead in perfect cineplexes. Uh, it was Plexi, my, my own 11th, so I'm still one spot behind him. Uh, this was the first for Rahman, and the second for Director's Cut, both in their debut, debut seasons, uh, as well as the seventh for Zach, uh, who is solidly in fourth place, as far as that's concerned. And uh, he won the week, so he, he had the best uh, screen time, or lock time, which was like 8.03, 8.02, like Monday at night, so he was well on top of this thing from the get-go and really crushed this week. Uh, I don't know that that means he didn't really like look at things afterward, but uh, he was he was on point from the beginning. Other, otherwise, uh, so that's his fifth week, one uh, to date, but his just his first this season, and he has pulled himself back into the top 10. He is now ranked 9th. The rest of the top 10 um, and their relationship to the lead is as follows. Kill Music, who missed the Perfect Cineplex, is at $602 million. Uh, number 2, uh, now moving up from 3rd, is Rybone, who has 582, so he's $20 million back. Perksplex drops to 3rd with 578. Xanadu's in fourth with 565. Uh, I'm in fifth with 552. Rahman, who I gotta mention, did not have was not in the league for the first week, so he is missing an entire week's worth of money. 
he is at 538 in 6th place. Um, and generally, I think week 1 was about $60 million or so. So he his total box office to, for the season is 597. Had he been in the league at that point, he would be nipping at Kyo Music's heels in 2nd place. Uh, in 7th, Director's Cut, who had a perfect Cineplex, is at, also at 538. Kirsten H. Jensen's drops to 8th with 531, uh, Zach is at 9th with 529, and Film Obsessed 35 is at 524. So the difference between 1st and 10th is just about $78 million. That's a pretty substantial lead. It's not insurmountable, but it's going to require a couple of missteps on Kill Music's part and the others at the top, uh, and... Uh, taking some big risks and having them pay off if you're toward the bottom of the top 10 or even in beyond the top 10. So, you know, gauge gauge your, uh, weigh, weigh your risks against your rewards carefully over the next couple of weeks and see, just see what, see what, uh, see what you can gain. Speaking of coming weeks, a look at week eight. Uh, we introduced five new movies to the slate in Boo 2, Amadea Halloween, only the Brave, Geostorm, The Snowman, and Same Kind of Different. Uh, the, the expectations for the movies, from what I've heard, are all over the place. Uh, the original Boo Amidia Halloween absolutely ruined some people's experiences last year. I know it hurt mine that season. But uh, it's back, the sequel, and it's been priced accordingly given the impact the first one had. Uh, Only the Brave, Geostorm, and the Snowman are all priced in a similar range. It's, you know, anybody's guess which one of those outperforms itself and which one underperforms. Um, my personal stance right now is on Geostorm, but I don't know. It, it's really any anyone's guess at this point. And the same kind of different is priced well, like really lowly, but it may not even be able to clear that low bar. So... It's, uh, I don't know, there, there's so much, so many questions on the season right now, and we'll see how things change, or not on the season, on the week, as it, as it stands. So, we'll see how that goes, and uh, we'll be back next week for a recap of week eight. Um, as it stands, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you want to check out other episodes of the show or look into, um, you know, information about me and the spreadsheet and things like that, head over to circlefilm.com. And if you'd like to support the show in any way, shape, or form, uh, head over to patreon.com slash circleoffilm. And, as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never. Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say that you In the name of love One night in the name of love So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute Wait a minute Wait a minute